Hello and welcome to Stories from India, a podcast where we talk about myths, legends and folk tales from India. I am your host Narad Muni and I'm a mythological character myself. I have the gift of eternal life and knowledge of the past, the present and the future. By profession, I'm a traveling musician and a storyteller. So the way I'm doing my job is by podcast. In this episode, we are doing a folk tale from Karnataka. It's called The Dead Prince and the Talking Doll. And it features besides a dead prince and a talking doll, a terrible case of mistaken identity that could easily have been solved if people only spoke to their roommates. So let's jump right in. Princess Nachike was trapped in the room. The door was closed tight and she was completely cut off from the outside world. She was trapped in here with no means of escape. Her only companion was a dead prince lying on the bed. She cursed her parents, her luck and cursed herself. But then she stopped and decided that we should hear how she got trapped in the first place so let's rewind the story a little bit and by a little bit i mean 12 whole years back then the princess was a wee little girl just doing regular princess things like making her governess play make believe tea parties with her that's when she heard a cry from outside It was a beggar. The king and queen thought that it was perfectly okay for the princess's room in the palace to have a window looking straight down into the street. What's the worst that could happen? They thought. The people were sufficiently ill-treated that they didn't even have the motivation to try and attempt to kidnap the princess. in exchange for the ransom of easing up the kingdom's economic policies and taxes the princess went to her window and looked down at the beggar it was an old man with a beard who clearly hadn't eaten anything in a long while he asked her for bread the princess slowly shook her head and said that she didn't have any She also wondered if the beggar didn't have any bread why didn't he just eat cake The beggar didn't give up he asked her for money to buy bread instead The girl hesitated at which point the beggar added that she was going to marry a dead man I mean what Where had that come from? Princess Nachike was shocked into silence. And what's more, the governess did not intervene to tell strange men not to make such wild remarks to their future queen. Maybe the governess was too busy playing with the tea playset to take notice. The princess wanted this man to go away. him and his weird comment about the liveliness of her future husband the only way to make him go away she thought 
was if she paid him. Do you take credit cards? asked the princess. At which the beggar replied that he didn't know what credit cards were. Why not just give him some cash? Finally, the princess found some jewelry of hers and gave it to the beggar. He did go away. But her relief only lasted 24 hours because to no one's surprise except princess Najke's the beggar was back the next day and he made the same prediction again princess Najke paid him again hey so what if paying him hadn't worked once it was bound to work if she tried it again right wrong He was back again the next day. But Princess Natchke did not give up. She was confident the beggar would stop if she just kept giving him money. She didn't give up even when later on the beggar started showing up in a Rolls Royce which he had been able to purchase with all of the princess's jewelry that he had amassed over the years. One day 12 years into this daily ritual the king and queen of the land caught the princess in the act of handing the beggar's personal secretary yet another necklace when nachike explained that she had been doing this for 12 years the king finally understood why there was such a huge dent in his treasury upon further learning that the reason Natchke had been paying the beggar was that she felt uncomfortable about his prediction the king did something strange he decided that there was nothing to be gained by staying in this kingdom and that they would all go away in exile isn't that a bit of an overreaction asked natchke but the king Glumly shook his head. To be clear, he didn't have any extra information or reasons to trust the words of a beggar. The queen suggested that maybe they should just get the beggar and ask him to explain himself. The king was supreme overlord of everyone in the kingdom, including the beggar. All he had to do was to ask. The beggar would probably be happy to explain but the king still wouldn't listen no nachike's fate is sealed what's the point of doing anything anymore let's just go away replied the king so the three of them did go away now coincidentally in a neighboring kingdom Something unusual was happening as well. The prince of that land, let's call him Prince Nidde, was the subject of the unusual occurrence. About the same time that Nachike and her parents were packing up their bags, Nidde collapsed as if he had fainted. The doctors were fetched immediately, of course. but each had a different opinion of what had happened to the prince one doctor was certain the prince was no more 
nothing further could be done. Another asked if the prince had pricked his finger on the spindle of a spinning wheel, because in his opinion, the prince had gone into a deep sleep, the sleeping beauty kind of sleep. Another said, Nidde was indeed asleep, but that it was aliens that had caused it. Another doctor wanted to reproduce the scenario to understand how it had happened and asked the king and queen to line up their remaining children for him to experiment on. But no one offered a cure. The prince's family could clearly see Nidde was no longer breathing, and yet they didn't have the heart to cremate his body. One minister had an idea. He said, why not put the body in a new building built for that purpose? They could also put food, water and jewels in the building. Why should we put in food and water and all that? asked the king. I'm not sure, your majesty. But the Egyptians have been doing it. It's a cultural trend that we can shamelessly appropriate because no one is going to judge us for centuries. So that's what they did. They had a special mansion constructed right in the middle of the forest for shock value so that the prince, when he woke up, would be shocked and wonder where everyone was. It might make a nice meme, the minister added. Also, no one was sure about the amount of food and water that the Egyptians put in their pyramid-shaped tombs. So they decided to go with the arbitrary amount of 12 years' worth of food and water for a single person. Having sealed up the tomb, everyone went their merry ways. Not long after that, guess who happened on the scene? Princess Nachike and her family, of course. The princess badly needed to use the restroom after a long day's walk. Observing the mansion right in the middle of the forest and thinking that it looked like a public restroom, she decided to check it out. Somehow, despite the door being sealed, she was able to walk in. She observed the prince lying on the bed. At first, she thought he was asleep. But after using the restroom, when she approached the bed, she realized that he wasn't breathing. Shrieking in horror, she tried to storm out of the place only to find that the door was shut. She tried to twist the doorknob, but the door remained shut. She was stuck inside. She hollered for her parents. Her father could hear her. Get me out of here, Dad. There's a dead man in here, she said. But the reply, when it came, chilled her to the bone. Oh, this is your fate. This was bound to happen. No, it was just the wind that closed the door and now it is stuck. 
Give it a good hard shove. That should open it. She suggested. No, my child, the king replied. There is nothing I can do. The prophecy has come true. Marry that man and may you both live happily. He paused and added, I mean, may you live happily and may he stay dead happily. With that, the king announced that he was leaving and to write to him if they ever had grandchildren. Nachike would have rather banged her head on the brick wall than to try to talk sense into her dad. That way, maybe the wall could break and she could get out. But then she decided that she might not survive the attempt. She was, after all, a delicate princess, brought up on the finest foods, and she never had to do a minute of exercise in her life. The princess looked around and realized that the pantry was well stocked. Maybe she could survive on the food here until someone came along and she could get them to open the door. So she stayed on and lived right there with the prince's body. Only, the prince was not dead. He was asleep, definitely, because she heard him snoring a few times. And yet, he didn't respond when she tried to wake him up. She massaged his arms and legs every day, hoping that would revive him. About ten years passed. No one had come by. And Nachike longed for someone to talk to. Anyone. Just as she was thinking of that, someone did come by. It was a young woman, and she was at the skylight. Hi, what are you doing up there? asked the princess. The girl at the skylight introduced herself at Chiruki. She said she was passing by, and because she was an acrobat, she did what came naturally to her. She climbed the building. Would you like to come in? asked the princess politely, to which the acrobat replied that she would love to drop in, and she did from the ceiling. Nachike should probably have asked her to fetch some rope first, so that the princess could have climbed out the way Chiruki had dropped in. But truth be told, the princess wasn't as keen about getting out of here anymore. Stockholm Syndrome, perhaps. Chiruki also couldn't open the door, and the two were stuck inside. But at least, they had each other. Nachige continued to massage the prince's arms and legs. Two more years passed, and now, supplies were running low. It was around this point that Nachike heard a bird outside the window. Oh yes, uh, did I mention there was a window? 
Well, there was. The princess couldn't have escaped through it, but she could have reached out and touched the branches and leaves of a nearby tree. But that's about it. Now, let's go back to the bird. It was an ordinary bird doing something extraordinary. It spoke like a human would. It clearly instructed the princess to take the leaves of the tree it was sitting on, to crush them in a silver cup and feed them to the prince. That would wake him up. Well, Nachike had heard crazier things. And the cost of trying this was not very high. The reward might be high though. So she did exactly as the bird had instructed. But before she actually poured the drink into the prince's mouth, she decided that she would shower and dress up first. The prince must see her at her finest. Chiruki asked her what the cup was. And Nachike told her everything the bird had said. While the princess was off making herself presentable, the acrobat saw an opportunity for herself and poured the drink into the prince's mouth. Instantly, the prince woke up. The acrobat introduced herself as a princess who was also Prince Nidde's wife. That made the prince very happy. He had sensed, even in his deep sleep, that someone had been massaging his arms and legs every day for 12 years. Obviously, it must have been Chiruki. He was sure of that. The acrobat did nothing to change that impression. And what's more, she introduced Nachike as her servant. The princess heard all this and would have said something, but her heart was broken at the sight of Prince Nidde and Chiruki being very friendly with each other. She didn't say a word, which only made things worse for her, because Chiruki continued to treat her like a real servant. Silently, Nachike bore it all. The three of them lived in that home, with only two of them truly happy. The problem of supplies remained, and soon they might run out of food. The prince announced that he would go grocery shopping for the three of them. How? asked the acrobat. The door's locked. The prince went right up to the doorknob and twisted it. And it opened. The princess and acrobat gasped, astonished. Nidde laughed and said, You must both be from neighboring kingdoms. I know everywhere else you have to twist the doorknob to the left to open it. In my kingdom, we make doorknobs so that you have to twist them to the right. Nachike sighed. Only 12 years of her life wasted 
because she hadn't tried the doorknob the other way. But a princess knows to look past that to learn and to move on. And it was pointless now. Even if the door was open, she wasn't going to walk away from her prince now. She loved him too dearly and she couldn't imagine going anywhere else. Prince Nidde, meanwhile, asked them if they wanted anything besides the groceries. Chiruki asked for street food, something she had been dying for. All the royal food in here was upsetting her stomach. That puzzled Nidde, as he had expected his wife, who claimed to be a princess, to be accustomed to royal food. But he didn't say anything. He was also puzzled when Nachike asked him for a talking doll. Just a doll with a movable lower jaw. Not an actual talking doll. Those had probably not yet been invented. The prince came back with supplies and with samples of street food from all the food carts he could find. And he got a talking doll. Observing his wife devour all the food in an extremely unceremonious way, Nidde's suspicions deepened. So he decided to spy on the servant. That is how he overheard Nachike whispering to the doll. And what he heard there explained the irregularities that he was seeing. Nachike confessed everything to the doll. Her childhood, her journey, how she was trapped in here, how she had heard the bird and how the acrobat had dropped into her life. How Chiruki had been a good friend for two years and now how she had stabbed her in the back by pretending to be the princess. Well, that was proof enough, thought the prince. In the original story, he did a lot worse than politely waking up Chiruki and confronting her with the truth. But we needn't go into that here. Let's just say that Chiruki got nothing for giving Nachike two years of her life. And she lost quite a bit because of the two days of deception. Nachike and Nidde did get married back at Nidde's kingdom. And the prince became king, which I think was the wrong decision. Why pick a prince who had a tendency to nod off for years at a time? What if Nidde were leading a major war or were negotiating with other kings and he were to simply fall off into another long sleep? The kingdom would be in ruins. But the king, Nidde's father, seemed ready to take that chance. After all, his daughter-in-law had a cure. That's where we'll end it this week. Some notes on the show. There are elements in this story that are similar to many others you may have heard in other folktales and stories around the world. One variation of this tale is heard in Europe. 
It's called the Needle Prince because the prince in that story has hundreds of needles stuck in him. The princess removes most of them. But in a moment of distraction, it's someone else who takes out the last needle and gets all the credit and delays the happy ending. There's another version from Iran where the princess uses a hand-operated fan to cool the body of the prince in slumber. There's also the motive of someone sharing a secret with an inanimate object. In other stories, that usually is a tree. And the tree later gets chopped down to make a drum. When the drum is played, it blasts out the secret. No such thing needed in today's story, where the prince simply overheard the whole thing. As is the tradition on the show, the names of the characters are representative of the roles they play. Nidde means sleep, and Nachike is shy in Kannada. Chiruki is a super word that could mean agile, sly, clever, deceitful, depending on the context. An appropriate name for a girl who could climb in through the skylight and who can take undue credit. That's all for this time. In the next episode, we'll do another folktale. This one is an adventure of a prince who just wants to solve a problem in his kingdom. To do that, he has to go on a quest to get a special flower that only appears when a princess laughs. The story also features a tree growing inside a giant's mouth when he was sleeping. But what do you expect? It's a folktale. We have to bend reality. A lot. Now, I don't normally do back-to-back stories in the same category. I usually mix things up. But someone specifically requested the story, so I'll make an exception. Also, I just want to say that I know many of you have requested stories that I haven't gotten to yet. I ask for your continued patience as I go through my backlog of requests and balance different categories. If you think it will be helpful for me to set up some kind of a poll on the website so you can have some visibility into the requests and vote on them, I'd be more than happy to do that. Let me know what you think. If you have comments or suggestions, or if there are particular stories you'd like to hear, please do let me know by leaving a comment or a review on the site sfipodcast.com or tweet at sfipodcast. You can also find me on Instagram and Facebook. Be sure to subscribe to the show to get notified automatically of new episodes. A big thank you to each and every one of you for your continued support and your feedback. The music is from purpleplanet.com. That's purple-planet.com. I'll see you next time.